Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Monday Memo. Hope you had a fantastic weekend and looking forward to the week ahead. I know I definitely am and looking forward to catching up with some of you at the various events we've planned this week. Perhaps something interesting to consider for the week ahead is, you know, given that us as finance professionals, we operate in this volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous world, a lot of the organisations we support are currently doing fundamental reviews of their business models to understand how they can accelerate the pace of change even further in such an environment. And I came across this survey that McKinsey runs. They've been doing it for past decade or so. They, they run it every couple of years. And the interview or survey a load of CFOs to get a sense of what the main trends are. And one of these trends was quite interesting. It seems to be there's an expanding mandate on balance for CFOs out there in our organisations. And what does that mean then for us as finance professionals, wherever we sit within finance, accounting, FP&A, shared services or whatever? And there was a really nice chart that examined the share of roles in direct reporting relationships with the CFO and how those had changed, increased or decreased in percentage terms since the last survey. And the one that saw the biggest increase was procurement. Now that could be for a number of reasons and it's, it's just interesting. I'm actually talking at a purchase to pay conference during the week, but given finance's long association with reducing cost and actually we touched the procurement process in a number of different points, that's probably no surprise. And maybe also perhaps because of digitalization and driving that agenda too, uh, we've had to digitalize a lot of our finance processes and, and given there's probably a lot of them again touching the procurement world from source to pay or purchase to pay, you could see some synergies there perhaps. Uh, the other areas that have suffered some large increases in direct reporting into the CFOs, investor relations, M&A, digital, enterprise transformation, cybersecurity, and to a smaller extent, IT. Now, it's not all been going one direction. Some areas have tended to shift away from CFO responsibilities, even though they might remain on the whole within the finance organization areas, such as risk management, corporate strategy, regulatory compliance, pricing, and internal audit. But looking at the chart on the whole, it does look like the CFO's mandate has expanded. And I suppose we, we really shouldn't be surprised as that as finance professionals, whether we're working in accounting, finance, FP&A, controller role, shared services, uh, we've actually got a number of comparative advantages when we look at the value we offer our organizations. For a start, most activities in organizations drive some sort of financial or some valued outcome that contributes towards objectives within the value chain and are reflected in numbers, whether financial or non-financial. And given our training around the numbers and our analytical mindsets, we can translate the historical impact from those decisions and transactions and analyze the success of those to inform, project forward perhaps what it might mean for future ones. So we've got that backward and forward looking capability to express the numbers in some meaningful insights. We also have this broader view across multiple functions and a lot of the processes that run across multiple parts of our businesses and organizations touch finance in some way, either during the processes or at the end when we're spending or collecting money. So we're very well positioned to connect the dots. I think as I just mentioned of source to pay or procure to pay, vendor management, master data contracts, controllership, budgets, payment, accounting, FP&A are involved if there's strategic monitoring of outcomes. So it touches multiple parts of finance and the organization along the way. 
Another comparative advantage that I, I, I believe is highly prized is our perceived independence and objectivity. Ultimately, we're there to represent shareholders, ensure that the organisations are going concerned, safeguard assets, which means we have to balance the long-term interests of the organisations versus maybe some shorter-term business priorities or pressures, as well as ensuring ethical decisions are being made. And more often than not, that means that we provide unbiased advice, but we also stand on the tracks if a decision, again, is particularly fatal or in our minds might impact the ability of the organisation to be a going concern. For instance, cybersecurity is one, one example. Yeah, making sure we've got the right focus on that doesn't drive an immediate increase in revenue or margin. However, it does reduce the risk of impact to an organisation from a going concern perspective, the risk of business disruption or negative reputational damage from a data breach or a ransomware attack. So it does sort of make sense that CFOs might be becoming more responsible for this. Also, uh, we've got this great access to data. The bread and butter has been our financial uh, data access. And the advancements of the ESG agenda probably means that more finance teams now are kicking the tires around non-financial data and other functions. Uh, we've access to the key decision makers because normally finance works and signs off on resource allocations with other functions. So that means we've got a great access to those decision makers. Normally, a seat at the decision-making table as well. So when you combine that with the improvements we've been making in our business partnering skills, it wouldn't be a surprise to see some of those matrix lines of or dotted lines of reporting into the CFO become a bit more uh, formalised and a closer relationship with finance evolving there. And then finally, I think as touched on it previously, is that the majority of finance roles are traditional finance roles are at risk of digitalization. I talked about this over the past number of years. So we've this massive first mover advantage of having gone through a lot of the pain around that to digitalize our own processes, which means that we've got a good insights on how to do that. Having gone through a lot of that digitalization pain, but also the upside as well uh, when we emerge out the other side, I think there's further opportunity out there for us as accounting, finance, FP&A professionals to benefit from the expanding scope of our function. And as CFOs, they need to build the right bench to people with the new capabilities in data science, software engineering, perhaps, risk management, business partnering, analytics. So given that we've got this increasing breadth of skills required for finance professionals, it's great. It gives us an opportunity to grow those skill sets, apply our strengths in new areas, grow our knowledge base, the different types of roles we can aspire to play just increases we've got this bigger canvas to make a, an impact to make a more meaningful difference and that's why we do the strength and the numbers show to share with you what's happening as we navigate these very sort of complex and changing times that we find ourselves in and what people are doing well in finance and accounting and fpna where perhaps we could do a little bit better or what we're learning which in turn helps us accelerate the impact and success we can have in our own careers within our own teams and organizations so look, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please remember to subscribe and let your friends and colleagues know about us. We're on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week ahead. And until next time, take care of yourselves and let's keep on building our strength in the numbers.